The following message is copyrighted by Westminster Theological Seminary. Duplication, distribution, or other use of all or any part of this message is not permitted without prior written consent. Please direct your inquiries to communications at wts.edu. For all other information, please visit the main website at www.wts.edu. Alternative medicines. Um, I don't know a lot about it. Um, what I do know is based on some reading and then some personal experience. Um, as you probably know, I was brought up in France. And in France, um, the, um, the medical world is not as um, unanimously committed to the one model of allopathic or drug-oriented or crisis-oriented medicine, which ours seems to be. Um, homeopathy um, has been around in France for a long time. And um, they were also one of the first countries to adopt acupuncture and some of the other um, alternative medicines when they came into prominence in the 60s and, and 70s. Um, Obviously, um, chiropractors have been around, and they've been around here as well as in, in, in Europe. But my exposure to this was um, positive in some ways and negative in other ways. Um, so, um, you know, for example, one of my friends had a, uh, a rather serious operation, uh, uh, surgery of the abdomen, and um, he elected to have um, acupuncture for the anesthetic, and it worked wonderfully. And um, he had little or no after effects. The scars healed beautifully and everything, so he kind of swears by it. Um, uh, I have another uh, a relative over there who um, uh, went in hook, line, and sinker for homeopathy. And as far as any of us could tell, it didn't do anything. You know, it was, and we went and talked to our own doctor about it. And our own doctor was a uh, more Western or traditional doctor, and he, he said, well, probably doesn't do any harm. But for many things, it's just not, it doesn't cure you. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't interrupt any process. And he then uh, said that um, he felt himself that some Western techniques were too abrupt and too violent, uh, but that that didn't justify a whole alternative form. So there's quite a lot of debate about these things. Um, about five years ago, the leading Christian uh, periodical, the French equivalent of Christianity Today, came out with a cover story on um, homeopathy. And this magazine is edited by um, evangelicals. And the evangelical world there is divided on homeopathy. There's two kinds of division. The first division is, is it good medicine? And I'll talk a little bit about it. You probably know more about it than I do, but I'll talk about it um, in a minute. Um, but um, the other kind of division was a, a more uh, interesting one in a way and, 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 and more uh, fundamental one. And that is, 
some Christians felt that because of its fairly well-documented occult origins, um, that it's something that Christians shouldn't mess with, that they, sh um, they ought to be uh, leery of it. And um, they, for, there's a number of techniques that are uh, uh, direct descendants of some of the occult practices. For example, one of the things you do in, um, in homeopathy is you have this little ball on the end of a string and you, you balance it back and forth to find out where a certain center of gravity is in your body. And um, it's, it's a way of detecting pressure points. It's, it's something like dowsing, but it's not really dowsing. And, uh, you know, orthodox homeopathists believe in these things very strongly, and others, uh, Christians or evangelicals of some stripe, think that this is just plain spiritualism, you know, spiritism, the, the kind of occult remnant. So there was a very lively debate, and Henri Blocher, who's one of the leading um, Reformed Baptist theologians in Europe, uh, wrote an article saying that he thought that it, homeopathy was good, it was something that Christians could redeem, could use, and um, no problem. And uh, so very, very controversial, but um, a, um, a lively debate. So um, these are the kinds of issues that are raised by these uh, these alternative uh, medicines. Um, the, the standard criticism of conventional medicine is that it emphasizes crisis <laughs> intervention more to the expense of other things. And a little later I'll give you some statistics on this. But um, the criticism is that while it, it does this quite well, um, it isn't something that you want to depend on for um, uh, you know, the normal diseases that you, or sicknesses or problems that you get. Um, it's fine when you've had a car accident and you want to go into the emergency room and, and have your life saved or your, your, your leg set or whatever, uh, or you know, something has snapped on the tennis court or, uh, or, or whatever. But it's not so good, so goes the criticism, um, with the, the many ailments that we have all the time. Um, ailments such as ones related to aging, um, you know, arthritis, osteoporosis, uh, high blood pressure, and so on. We had a, a chance to see this possible problem with my, my mother. Um, about two years ago, she began to uh, sort of fall apart. And um, she basically, we couldn't tell, the symptoms were that she was sluggish, flat emotionally, uh, and paralysis began to set in in various places. First, she couldn't walk so well, and then she had even trouble lifting her spoon to her mouth, and she just got sort of basically immobilized. So it took nurses or practical nurses to, to lift her from the bed to her chair and going to the bathroom and all that sort of thing, turning her over at night. So we sent her to um, Mount Sinai. They have a um, geriatrics clinic that's supposed to be state-of-the-art and that we put her through all of their tests and their program. And we got a 10-page report back in which they had found some minor things here and there, but none of them 
explained her condition. And they recommended we go to a, um, a neurosurgeon. Went to the neurosurgeon. And each of these times you had to drag poor mom into a, put her on a wheelchair and had to drive her into New York City. She lives in the suburbs. Um, just really very complicated. And um, he put her through some tests, some very um, uncomfortable tests. Um, well, the famous spinal tap and uh, a couple of other things, CAT scans of all, all sorts. And he found a couple of minor things. Again, not only did it not explain her condition, but certainly surgery or any remedy that he could think of wasn't justified. So he ended up with this dear woman who, who was basically totally paralyzed and, and, and nobody could figure out anything wrong with her. When we finally told one friend about this, um, they said, oh, sure, depression. And we thought, well, okay. Nobody had really thought much about that. I mean, we all figured she was depressed and all, but that that could be a cause. And um, we had her, we took her to a, um, a, a psychiatrist. And in a couple of hours, he, he had it pretty well figured out. She was depressed. And that was indeed the problem. And, you know, make a long story short, this uh, long series of medical tests, very expensive and very stressful, um, on the model of traditional medicine, and nobody at the geriatrics ward of all places had even thought that it might be psychological. Um, now, this is an extreme case, but, you know, it shows, there he is, uh, you know, it shows a, a possible, um, well, the big buzzword for it would be a paradigm um, in traditional medicine that's more or less limited to crisis intervention or to drug therapy. Now, of course, I've given you a kind of worst case scenario because it's close to home, but uh, it does have, uh, we're talking, Rick, about alternative medicines. That's the first topic here. And um, we've just been talking about the uh, criticism of traditional, of conventional medicine. Um, and there's, there's lots of sides to all of this. And I was telling a story of my mother who got treated for something through conventional means and it, it didn't turn out to amount to anything and they finally realized it was a psychological problem. Um, now, um, the problem on the other side, of course, is that um, there is a huge new uh, a group of medical consumers who uh, take um, the baby boom generation and um, take advantage of perhaps what you might call their 60s authority problem and um, of the attention that a lot of the baby boomers want um, and introduce all kinds of therapies and remedies and um, and alternative uh, uh, approaches to them, and they find a, 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 a really um, willing group. Uh, there's even New Age medicine, Wyndham Hill medicine. There's medicine con connected with music therapy and, and all kinds of things. And of course, the baby boomers are particularly good targets for this because 
they seem to have their own paradigm of, of psycho-jargon and lots of need for caressing and, and attention and, and, and so on, um, including diet, lots of big preoccupation with diet and so on. So there's a, re a ready audience, a ready uh, group for the, uh, of consumers for the alternative medicines. And some of them are good and some of them are not so good. Um, so <clears throat> they, some of them are really extreme and odd. Um, and some of them are probably um, have some value. Now, let me um, go over a couple of the types here. You're, you're, I'm sure most, you're, you're most familiar with these, but let me just uh, go over a couple of the types because um, um, they, you, you, you may need to categorize them. Uh, and these are pretty much at random. Um, the first non-traditional or non-Western type um, that you might want to consider is acupuncture. Um, I guess maybe you all don't remember, um, uh, but I, I remember very well when um, Scotty Reston of the New York Times went over to China in 71, and um, he had uh, appendicitis, emergency appendectomy. And um, he, uh, he had no real alternative uh, to but to go to an all, uh, acupuncturist. And he went there, and um, the acupuncture's needles completely blocked all, all post-operative uh, pain, and um, his, uh, took care of his uh, um, anesthesia and, and, and so on. And this was a big uh, open window for, the, uh, for Chinese medicine to the West, because previously, I think Westerners had certainly heard of it, but it wasn't anything that anybody would ever take seriously. It was thought of some sort of spooky occult thing. And there, of course, you t it turns out that it is a, uh, a practice that has gone on for 2,000 years. And as you know, the, um, the principle is to take hair-thin needles um, and, uh, or gentle finger pressure, or uh, sometimes in, in, a, in a modern variant, electrodes and they stimulate uh, various points along the body uh, where healthful qi, that's the Chinese word, qi energy is said to flow. And these um, points are meant to be connected with various organs and body functions. Uh, and they have learned through years and years of, of tradition that one point here governs something over there. For example, uh, there's a place near the wrist um, which governs, which is associated with breathing. And um, there's a place near the ankles that's associated with the liver and so on. I mean, it's very, it's completely different from our, our view of things, but it, 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 it works on the whole. Um, and today, 21 states actually license acupuncturists. Uh, in France, where I grew up, it, it's been licensed for a long time. And uh, when um, one of um, our church friends, um, our church family friends, became a doctor, she was licensed in three branches. 
allopathy, uh, homeopathy, and acupuncture. And um, she would sometimes confuse patients by when they came come in, they'd come with a problem, and she'd say, "Okay, this is your problem. Which kind of medicine would you like?" You know, and uh, you know the patient would have no idea what they'd like, and um, you want your doctor to decide those things. Um, in um, so 21 states license acupuncturists, uh, and in in many instances, insurance companies will actually cover all or part of it. In 24 states, however, only physicians can do this. Um, and um, it seems to be very effective in relieving certain chronic pain-connected uh, diseases like arthritis. Um, and um, it, it has been used very successfully easing the unhappiness of smokers and drinkers. Um, or addicts who are trying to kick their habit. Um, and uh, so it, it's something, it's one of the more successful of the non-Western non or alternative medicines that's, that's, um, that's come in. And there's some, you know, as in all of these, there's great anecdotes and miracle stories. Um, and um, people, they're strong believers in this. Um, so, that's um, one of the forms. Um, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask because up to this point, I've, I've always just, I mean, I've never researched it. To me, that whole idea sounds a cult. Yeah, okay. It, it looks a cult. I mean, has, has there been any type of Western actual scientific study that, yes, there are these nerves running in these different mm -hmm. places, so it is actually... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the study, well... You see, the, the debate here that I'm, that I'm trying to set up, and I, I will give some, I think, I hope, helpful answers as we get to the end of this, is um, whether this is going to be biblically appropriate, even though it may not fit Western canons. Um, and, um, you know, I have a number of things to say about that. The, to answer your question, though, on, uh, on an immediate front, yes, uh, some... Western-type study of acupuncture has been done, and there is general agreement that it does fit uh, uh, what some of the things we do know, though there are areas of things that aren't quite so certain, but the scientists are confident that they'll find what it is on a Western model given time. So it's not, it's not just something that, you know, involves spirits or demons or, or whatever. Um, Yeah. Now, this is a bit different. I mean, of course, <coughs> the, the problem is, well, I'll get into this later, but the problem is many medicines, including some aspects of Western, have semi-occult origins. But does that make them forbidden if we um, redeem them or secularize them or bring them out of occult um, connotations? Um, that's the that's the question you want to ask. You know, is there no use for them? Because it's like saying, you know, the, it's a bit like saying uh, some rock music has occult associations. Does that mean you should never enjoy rock because you can't 
change those associations? Um, that, that's the question that's being raised. And um, I don't think the, the, the evidence is all in, but um, uh, I was telling uh, Suzanne before you came in that when we were in France, um, the leading Christian periodical uh, called Ictus, the equivalent of Christianity Today, had a main cover story on this whole thing connected with homeopathy. And there was fierce uh, debate between those who felt that because it had possible occult origins, and I explained some of those, then it, it's completely forbidden for Christians. And those who said, well, um, a lot of things have occult origins, but that doesn't make them bad in themselves if, as long as they um, can, uh, can be used, can be re you know, redeemed. Um, a second type is biofeedback. Um, to some people, this looks like a, uh, a mechanical mysticism. Um, if you look at, at dials on a machine that measure your, your skin temperature, um, on the theory that stress cools and relaxation warms, uh, or electrodermal response, which is like uh, something like an electrocardiogram. The person who's wired with sensors can actually learn to control what usually happens um, in an involuntary way. Okay, uh, and this can include um, circulation. For example, circulation going to your toes, your fingertips, or to the extremities. You know, which is uh, a lot of people have trouble with that. You know, it makes them cold, or um, it can be can be more serious than that. Um, or nervous tension of various kinds. Uh, some people get stiff around the neck or in the jaw or in the shoulders uh, for no reason other than that they're tight. Um, and uh, you can um, you can control this uh, by learning to read these signals. Um, you can even um, control heartbeat rates and um, for the very advanced in this technique, uh, you can control pupil size. Um, and uh, some people have noticed the similarities between this and certain disciplines involved with Eastern religions. Um, in Zen Buddhism, and even in Hinduism, you have techniques of self-discipline where you learn to control parts of your body that you usually don't think about through concentration, um, through a process of, of learning to listen for things that you usually don't hear, and, and uh, very, very, uh, you know, well-documented uh, religious exercises um, give you this effect. Um, and as a matter of fact, it has again been found effective in, in the West for f folks who have things like asthma, certain kinds of epilepsy, uh, and again, uh, drug addiction. Um, it is said that um, in the West, at any rate, no better treatment is known uh, for Raynaud's disease, you know, which is um, where in, in women your fingers turn white and, and 
uh, cold and and uh, and so on. Um, so, um, and now more and more insurance companies are covering this as well. Um, and you can even find certain clinics and hospitals that offer uh, this therapy. Um, so that's, a, that's a, another kind, um, biofeedback. And you know, I remember when all this stuff started coming in and it, the first reaction is, oh my, one more strange thing, you know, one more, from California usually, you know. Um, but now they've, they, it's been tried and tested and, and some of it seems to be really effective. Um, Another, um, this is more ancient, of course, uh, and again, it has serious problems for Christians, I think, but needs to be known and talked about, and that is hypnosis. Uh, you remember Freud, of course, um, and others were, did a lot with this. Um, and um, it, it, according to fairly recent and fairly reliable statistics, um, over 15,000 um, health people um, of some kind practice uh, hypnosis. Now, it is said that hypnosis is not a cure, strictly, uh, but it can be a help in speeding up healing of various kind, uh, again, giving up bad habits. That seems to be a, a big uh, theme here, like smoking or drinking or whatever. Um, or um, pain, dealing with pain. Um, and uh, you probably know this, but um, it's quite well documented that when you've been burned, bur serious burn patients heal faster um, after um, hypnosis or regular hypnosis uh, and often have fewer complications. Um, again, some is known in a Western say, sense, but some, a lot is not known about exactly how this stuff works. Um, uh, we know, I mean, you see the movies on this and the cartoons and so on, and, and it's kind of a joke, but there is something to the fact that you concentrate and focus on a particular image, and then you have a voice, a soothing voice, or, or, or some object that, that swings. Um, and. Um, you ask the patient to suspend your, your, your normal patterns of thought. And um, uh, not, this does not work for, as well for everybody uh, because we, we each have different ways of dealing with an authority transfer, which is what's involved. Uh, I suspect, for example, that I would be very bad at this because I hate losing control. I just, and I, even for the sake of the good, I wouldn't want it. But there are people who don't mind that. I mean, like, maybe, I, I don't know whether this is fair or not, and um, we, I wish Laura were here, she could help us on this, but I suspect that perhaps people who more easily give in to drunkenness or to things like that, not, not that I'm saying their motives are the same, but who can, uh, may be the better uh, hypnosis patients because um, they're more willing to let something take, take them over. One theory is that the limbic system, um, which is the, uh, the part of the brain which is linked to involuntary response and, and emotions and so on, uh, and blood pressure, is actually um, stimulated under hypnosis and is able to react to external suggestions in a way that is, is 
usually not the case. Um, so they're suggestible. And um, it seems to be a way to bypass certain things and to speed up uh, healing and speed and uh, re relieve pain and, and so on. I know several people who claim that they're, uh, they were able to give up smoking because of hypnosis, including my mother-in-law. A um, couple of other ones here. Um, Of course, you could stretch the point and say that um, if you accept to go under anesthesia, you are putting yourselves in the hand of somebody else, and uh, he or she will cut you up, and you might have to answer for that because of your body, but it's, it, I guess it's not strictly parallel, because in the case of hypnosis, it's part of your voluntary system that's being accentuated at the expense of another. So it might, yeah, that is definitely the problem for Christians. And all of these have a similar kind of problem for Christians, which is a, a transfer of authority. But it may not be as, um, I mean, people have pointed out that um, taking drugs a lot, uh, from antibiotics to painkillers to sleeping pills to whatever, is another way to transfer your authority to someone else or to something else, you know. It just happens to be a chemical, and we're more used to the chemical paradigm. But um, that some, something like that is also involved. Um, another therapy is guided imagery. Some of these are bizarre, okay? Um, um, if you get the patients into some kind of very relaxed state, um, the therapist, or sometimes the tape recording, guides the patient. And they guide them to visualize their condition, and they've got all these techniques for doing that. And then kind of think it off, or think it away. Um, this um, was used in the 70s to, to help athletes get rid of pain. Um, it's, a, it's something like the Lamaze uh, technique of childbirth, where the pain of, um, of actually um, your contractions and so forth is displaced by a, a strong voluntary action based on guide, guided imagery or, guided, or counting or all kinds of things. Transfer, it's a kind of power positive thinking, it really, is what it amounts to. But it's refined and to to a place where uh, it can uh, it can be very effective. All these mental disciplines. Um, this uh, um, technique is supposed to reduce stress as well. Um, and uh, you know, like you're supposed to, if you're a nervous person, you're supposed to picture yourself in a soothing environment, like a beach and a palm tree and. Uh, listen to the water in your mind, and um, uh, the idea is to sort of use all of your senses for for this. Um, curiously, some cancer patients um, using this technique uh, 
seemed to be able to um, increase their immune response. Uh, that doesn't say they sort of survived uh, more than others, but it, it, it seemed to make them stronger at any rate. So the, the, a lot of this is the fuzzy line between mind and body. Of course, all right, another technique which is very familiar, I think, to most of us is, is chiropractic. Um, um, fairly good st studies have shown that manipulating the, the spine can and often is, can be and often is effective in getting rid of lower back pain, which a lot of people s suffer from. And um, some 30 U.S. hospitals have chiropractors on their staff. Doctors usually are leery about it for a lot of reasons, and some of them good. But, um, and, and chiropractors have had a hard time getting accepted by the AMA and, and other organizations. But uh, there are certain ki ki kinds of, of, of conditions connected with the, sp with the, uh, with the spine uh, that really are cured or helped by, quote, adjusting the vertebrae. Um, beyond that, there's not a, a lot of proof that it works. And some chiropractors claim an awful lot. You know, they claim they can get rid of all kinds of things. Um, so, uh, you're, you're, th th those are some. There, there are many other uh, therapies. One of the ones I mentioned at the very beginning is homeopathy. Now, homeopathy um, treats diseases by administering tiny doses of substances that might ordinarily cause the same symptoms as the ailment. Um, so, you know, tiny, tiny amounts of arsenic, for example, or tiny amounts of belladonna, all these things that would, in any bigger dose, would, would knock you off, uh, that they found um, are the same or, or parallel to the ones that cause the, 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 the symptoms of the ailment, um, has some capacity to... Um, to distract or ward off the cause of these of these ailments. Um, for example, in France, they use thyme, lavender, and rosemary for healing wounds. And and as I was saying before, you got here. Uh, we have a couple of friends who who swear by this. Um, we have not ourselves had. We tried. One of our relatives actually tried uh, this for, um, now what was it now that she had? Something. I've forgotten what it was. Oh, well, I think fatigue. Fatigue. And uh, this friend of mine said, oh, you've got to go see my, um, my uh, homeopathist. And it was a Protestant, which in France is, you know, even more um, of an endorsement. And uh, our, our, our friend, our relative went and had several sessions and did all the right things. I mean, it's very... It's, it's odd for Westerners. They give you tiny little pellets in a little blue vial, and the human hand is not supposed to touch them. So there's a gadget on the top so that you push one up into the uh, cup, and then you put it directly on your tongue so it can't get to your hands, because your hands corrupt it. And um, you, you have to take these fairly regularly, like 
depending on what it is, every hour one of these pellets or every two hours one of these pellets. And um, you also have to s swear off mint, which ruins the uh, effects of almost all of the um, homeopathic um, things for some odd reason. Um, and uh, what, this, this friend of mine who swore by it was on our, our faculty in Aix-en-Provence, and, and he's a very bright uh, Frenchman, and, and he used to be a, a Tibetan monk before he was a Christian, but uh, he believes strongly in homeopathy. So in faculty meeting, you see him take this thing, oh, <laughs> I wonder what he's doing. He's taking his homeopathy. And um, the... Uh, the uh, it's hard to know exactly what is, is, is happening. Um, in general, all of these alternative medicines don't square, as you were pointing out very well, with Western science or physiology. Um, however, um, my view is that there's good and bad on both sides. I strongly believe in the good of um, traditional Western medicine. Um, I think that its history is profoundly involved with uh, Christianity, um, with the breakaway from Aristotle, and with the establishment of a more um, reformed view of the creation and of the of the circulatory system um, and and the respiratory system and 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 so forth and a better understanding of the organs, and, and, and all of that is, is something that is, um, has given us some very reliable approaches to um, um, curing certain diseases, uh, curing most diseases, or at least knowing enough about them to know uh, what can be done. And um, the, uh, I think the suspicion of antibiotics that you find in the alternative people is, is misplaced. It can be overused, obviously. You can, you can prescribe antibiotics much too strongly. Some doctors are drug crazy, you know, and they just prescribe something to get rid of the problem, and they only see you for 10 minutes. And, um, you know, the, the, I, I think one can complain about certain parts of, um, of traditional Western medicines. Um, and uh, I think some of that com complaint is valid. It may not be the doctor's fault. It may be that the doctor's caught by busy schedule and, and, and everything else. But um, I do think that um, it is, uh, in general, something that we, we don't have to be ashamed of. Um, we have to be, I think, very vigilant to move our medicine away from simply crisis and, uh, and intense uh, remedies to maybe more general health care. And preventive medicine, I think, is really important these days, and, and health education. You know, I've been pleading for that all through the course. But I think uh, that's no reason to put into question the entire structure of, um, of our program. Um, then, on the other hand, um, I would uh, say that on the alternative medicines, uh, there's strengths and weaknesses as well. I think there's a lot to learn. I don't think we need to uh, sort of lump it all together as occult. Though indeed, 
much of it has some sort of quasi-occult origin. Um, energy is a big theme in alternative healing. Uh, and this has no real equivalent in our Western medicine, except, uh, you know, we can notice weak electromagnetic fields. Um, but um, in many, many alternative medicines, that's the main thing. Um, and, um, uh, but I, and I think there's probably many things about the human body that we just don't know through the Western model, and we should be open to that. The uh, Tibetan... Um, the Tibetan uh, Lama doctors, they talk about 36 pressure points in the body which, have, uh, which are centers of pressure that tell you a whole lot about how your body is going. Whether they're accurate or not scientifically, they're onto something that seems to really fit, something that happens. Why not be open to that and look at it and study it and, and, and so forth? Um, and I, I do believe that some of the softer medicines probably are helpful for certain types of diseases and certain types of, of bad conditions. Um, um, on the other hand, um, I think to uh, reject all conventional cures and go wholeheartedly into unconventional ones is very naive, um, particularly with the, uh, the baby boom generation being so open and naive about certain things. Um, there's actually been a lot of harm done by uh, the, the misapplied alternative medicines. You know, a, a badly trained chiropractor can do very serious permanent damage to you. Um, and uh, it's important to, um, to, to be aware that no medicine, no, whatever its promise, is going to kind of be the panacea. It's just not possible. We're living in a fallen world. We have death. And um, um, I think we should be open to these things, but not think of any of them as a, as a cure. And then some of them really are pretty wacky. For example, I have very serious problems with uh, the technique of macrobiotics. Um, I um, have been pretty friendly with a couple of um, people in the, in the health food business. And um, they, uh, who happen to be Christian people, and I don't, I'm not a health food fattist or anything like that, but they, uh, in, t in talking about m macrobiotics, assure me um, that it's uh, not only unproven but, but positively harmful to have the kind of diet that macrobiotics uh, prescribe for, for certain sicknesses. Like, um, you know, if, you're, if, you're, um, if you've, you're dying of cancer, aromatherapy and microbiotics is just, uh, is probably going to speed your end. Uh, it, it takes very thin herbs, um, Bamboo is the big one, and you f you eat very sparsely, and you eat that, and you know. And he's my friend saw some people just wither away and die because of this, you know. And they believed in it strongly, but it wasn't doing anything for them. So there are, I think, there are some remedies that are that are really shaky, but others that probably have a lot to offer within the limited context um, 
of, um, of, of what they do. And um, I think Christians don't have to fear that just because they may have had some semi-occult origin, that there's no use for it uh, whatsoever. Um, I think we're in the business of redeeming things from all over, and we should, we should realize that Western culture isn't the only culture that has um, a, uh, a right to, 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 to speak out on these things, any more than it's the only culture that should speak out on, on other issues, whether it be the arts or, or, or business or, or, or whatever. So that's my, uh, that's my uh, sort of very general, but I, but I hope somewhat balanced uh, conclusion on these things.